Hey, Jeff Mann here from Sleep Junkies. Thanks for tuning in to our podcast. Now, if you've not been here before, Sleep Junkies, what do we do? Well, we cover the whole conversation on sleep. Sleep is universal. So we talk about the health aspects. We talk about the latest science and the research. We talk about interesting sleep products and technology. If it's a fascinating subject and it's got anything to do with sleep, then we'll cover it. So our subject today is snoring. Now, before you switch off and say, I don't snore, I'm not interested, just take a pause because this isn't your average story. The tale we're going to tell today involves retro video games. It involves a weird musical instrument from Australia called the didgeridoo. And our guest is, for once of a better description, a bit of a renaissance man. He's an academic, a scientist, a researcher. He's also an inventor and a designer, inventing everything from neurosurgery tools to holding patents on biodiesel innovations. He's also a serial entrepreneur, been involved in loads of startups and successful businesses. He's also a part-time wizard. Figure that one out. But that's enough for the introduction. If you like what you hear today, don't forget to subscribe for more podcasts like this. You can also check Sleep Junkies out on the website, on Twitter, on Instagram, on our Facebook group, Sleep Junkies Worldwide. So, on with the show. Let's meet our guest. So, I'm here with Brian Crone today. Now, I bumped into Brian down at the Somnex show a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we happened to be on the same speaking panel. And when Brian introduced himself, I got very interested because the project that Brian is involved in now, Soundly, is based on some research that we wrote about a few years ago. And so we had a chat after the show and now Brian has kindly agreed to talk to Sleep Junkies and explain a bit more. So hi, Brian. How are you doing? Hi, Jeff. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. It's uh, great to catch up after after the show. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, really excited to hear what you've got to say. Um, so before we start, can you give us uh, a little elevator pitch for your app, Soundly? Yeah, totally. So Soundly is an app-based therapy that helps reduce snoring. So it's an app that reduces snoring. And um, how we do that is there's a lot of science uh, typical research that shows that you can strengthen and tone the upper airway um, by doing specific vocalizations, and that helps reduce the vibrations that cause snoring. Um, so we're an app uh, that's a game that you play, and you control the game with your voice. And by doing um, those vocal exercises and playing the game, you strengthen and tone your upper airway, and you reduce the vibrations that cause snoring. Cool. Now, a lot of you would have heard that and thought, okay, snoring, video games, uh, how does that work? So we'll talk about that a bit later because there's some really clever stuff you're doing with the app and you've kind of gamified this type of therapy. So it's really interesting, but we'll, we'll get into that a bit later. But before we talk about the app in particular, I just want to talk a little bit about your background because you've got a super interesting CV. I, I looked you up on LinkedIn and yeah. um, you've been described as a, a renaissance talent um, by some of your colleagues and your mentors. And you've been involved in 
some really interesting, cool projects, both as a scientist and also as a, a serial entrepreneur. Yeah, I've had a lot of fun. <laughs> a little too much fun, I think. <laughs> and it's quite unusual for people to be working on a high level in academia and research to also combine that with being an entrepreneur. So I'm just kind of interested in your background and maybe you can talk about some of the projects and maybe just talk about some of your, your motivations in being so heavily involved in research, but also in being an entrepreneur and the business side of things as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, generally, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty all over the place. I've done, you know, things in, um, you know, uh, film and renewable energy research, um, uh, chemistry research, environmental policy, environmental science. Um, I helped co-found a company that grows hops for local craft brewers and uh, got into apps, built a couple apps that did reasonably well. Yeah, I've just been uh, kind of all over the place. One of my more fun projects right now is... Uh, we built a Kickstarter for fun of wizard staffs that actually do wizard things. So they shoot fire and fog and all sorts of fun stuff. So you can see that at magicwizardstaff.com. Um, but academically, I've been, you know, I got my PhD at the University of Minnesota. Uh, I got some master's degrees from Oxford University. So that's why I love the UK um, in uh, philosophy of science and environmental policy and uh, an undergrad in chemistry. So, yeah, so really what I, the motivation is that I really like, you know, understanding how the world works and I like helping people. And at the core of research, you are trying to understand how the world works and create new human knowledge. And at the core of entrepreneurship and really innovation and using science and entrepreneurship, you're trying to take that new human knowledge and information and you're trying to improve people's lives in some way you're trying to provide value to people and you do something for them and then they give you some value in return and that's you know uh yeah what what business and entrepreneurship is so i just really like bringing science and uh, entrepreneurship together because it's going from a completely abstract idea to actually impacting people's lives so I guess you're, um, by the sounds of it, a very curious mind and you like solving problems, not only on the research level, but also bringing those ideas into fruition and commercialization as well. What's your view on how those things mix? Because often they're perceived as sort of oil and, oil and water. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'd say that was my view uh, as an undergrad. I was, um, you know, a chemistry major. And, you know, we studied research and the business school was over on the other side of campus. And, you know, we, and you didn't talk to them, they would, they would corrupt you and corrupt your science. Um, and there is legitimate um, reasons to keep them separate. Uh, you know, you want to, in science, you have to be objective and remove bias. And so you have to be very careful about, you know, what you're getting paid to do right and how you're influencing people. So for instance, on Soundly, the principal investigator is a world-class leading sleep physician at the University of Minnesota's Sleep Center. And he is intentionally entirely independent. So the research actually came out of his lab. I was a postdoc at the University of Minnesota's Medical Device Center. And the Medical Device Center goal is to go around the university and create new technology and then actually help get it commercialized. So I worked with him 
about what he saw as problems in sleep. And he had some ideas on things that could help people. And that was the soundly therapy eventually. But he remained entirely independent. He helped, you know, run the clinical study. We did some tests, you know, and he was the objective observer. And then once you've shown that it works, you know, then now I'm using that science to actually work on the commercialization side of things. So, you know, you do definitely have to be careful a little bit, but at the same time, the the science's power to identify problems and identify effective solutions. And then, you know, you can write a paper about that, but, you know, that's not really going to change people's lives. So the next step is how do you actually solve people's problems in the real world? And that's where entrepreneurship comes in. Yeah, that's really interesting because we deal with a lot of people in the the sleep technology space the consumer sleep tech space and often you see a lot of studies about the efficacy of their product but soundly is very much coming from um research led basis as opposed to we've got a product and let's try and validate it afterwards <laughs> yeah and and we um so we in our group for instance when we did the clinical study um or i you know, I helped a lot with the clinical study. And one of the things we said going into it is if we don't hit specific metrics, then we'll, you know, kill the project. You know, that said, you know, we have one study and then there's a couple other, there's other studies in these myofascial oral pharyngeal exercises. So there's a good amount of literature in there, but there's still a lot more we can do on the research side. Um, so it's, it is this balance between like, okay, we think we, we have something cool. Research shows it's positive. Um, how do we build a product without like spending the next two, 10 years just doing research, right? So it's kind of that balance between getting something out, but then also being getting the research done. So let's talk about your journey into sleep. You explained a little bit about how you have expert advisors on board who specialize in sleep, but your background is in environmental science. Mm-hmm. So what was that transition into getting into sleep and how did you feel about being thrust into this world of sleep science and and snoring yeah so one of the things was i've always been interested in um you know like i said bringing science and turning it into products that solve problems so like doing an undergrad i did chemistry research on a new way to make green fuels and we got a patent and um the process was commercialized and i got to see that whole process um, which is really cool. And then I did my PhD and master's in environmental science and policy to also look at renewable energy. And one of the main motivations for that was, you know, I saw we had all the technology. I mean, we have the solutions to solve climate change, you know, and renewable energy like that they've been around for 15 years at least, but they're not being implemented. And so my question was, well, why not? And so that's why I studied environmental science, environmental policy, and um, environmental economics. Um, but really it was, innovation. It was how do you take a product, you know, on a large scale, you know, how do these actually get out into the market and actually um, solve these big challenging problems? And then I'm, you know, I'm also an academic, you know, so I write papers, but I also love to do things in the real world. And so I started doing, you know, lean startup stuff. I started a couple of small companies just to see the process of like, okay, if I have this technology, um, how do I actually sell it? You know, how do you actually, what's the business process? Because I was making all these models of like economics and assuming that businesses are entirely rational decision makers and things like that. Um, but it's like, all right, well, what does it mean to actually run a business? And so I was studying a lot of innovation and this idea of product development. And that's where I got landed at a postdoc at the University of Minnesota's Medical Device Center, 
So I have no medical background, um, but I was in the medical device center. The reason was because I was interested in innovation. And at the medical device center, it's an amazing program. You get one year to work with seven other researchers, engineers, um, and medical doctors, and you get full access to the hospital and the university, and you just wander around and look for problems. You come up with uh, new solutions, and like we filed about a dozen uh, patents um, from everything from like new uh, brain surgery tools to help surgeons identify tumors from healthy brain tissue so they can remove just the tumor and not and leave as much of the brain tissue as possible um, to you know stuff in sleep. And so that's where Soundly actually came from was uh, from that process of going working with researchers, identifying big problems and identifying products that could actually solve those problems. And then so, yeah, we did the study and then I, I spun that out of the university to see if we can, you know, get it out in the world and, and help some people. So what was the first time you came across this piece of research, which ended up being a, a product? Yeah, so that was really interesting. So um, I actually was not on the initial team. We kind of split into groups of four. And my co-founder, Adam Black, he's a researcher. He was also a postdoc, um, PhD in optics and signal processing with a medical background. So Adam Black was working on sleep. And initially, the problem was, what alternatives are there to sleep apnea? What they found is there's this paper that showed that you could play the didgeridoo. <laughs> and by playing the didgeridoo, you could actually reduce sleep apnea and reduce snoring. And he was talking with these sleep physicians, and they were saying, yeah, they really want to you know, figure out why this works and then how do they make it more accessible? Because some of the sleep physicians were actually recommending people go out and buy a didgeridoo. And, you know, that's it's a big, weird, long tube instrument. Yeah, so not a lot of people are doing it, but that was the first research that actually kind of indicated that that you could actually do these exercises and help reduce snoring and sleep apnea. And then we ended up just focusing just on snoring. I guess it's such a strange, weird concept. We can go into that a, a bit more later about how that actually works and um, what that research is. But I just wanted to talk about snoring in general. Snoring is often regarded as a, a bit of a joke. Your mm -hmm. husband or your, your wife or your partner will complain that you're a snorer. Um, I mean, we have obviously sleep apnea and snoring is often um, a first sign that someone might be suffering from sleep apnea. But in mm -hmm. general... It's not really regarded as a, a serious health condition, more of a, an inconvenience. Um, so can you give us an overview of the health implications of snoring and not doing anything about it? Yeah, so it's definitely a leading indicator of you know, sleep apnea and more severe issues. Primarily, it's a social problem right? Um, and it definitely can be a very serious social problem, you know, between bed partners, because um, there's a lot of um, conflict and intimacy issues. So when you talk to people, um, you know, it's definitely a, a serious problem in, in a lot of people's lives that they're looking for solutions to. Um, and yeah, it's, you know, sometimes it's written off as more of a joke, or it's maybe not quite that uh, serious of a medical issue. Um, but it definitely impacts people's lives a lot. It means 50% of people age 50 um, snore and uh, a huge percentage of them, you know, it actually disrupts their sleep or their bed partner's sleep. And now with all the research coming out on just like how important sleep is, really any sort of disruption, um, you know, is a, is a significant 
problem um, because, you know, sleep impacts, you know, just so much of our life. The other thing, too, is like you said, it does an indicator of sleep apnea. Well, snoring and sleep apnea are kind of on the same spectrum where sleep apnea is caused by a weak upper airway that collapses and it collapses all the way so that it cuts off your breathing. People stop breathing for 30 seconds or more, and then they have these 30 or so events an hour where they stop breathing, you know, for 30 seconds or more. And that causes all sorts of issues with your lungs and your heart um, and increases your likelihood of stroke and heart attack. Um, And also you don't sleep (laughs) because you're basically suffocating for half of the night. So that's sleep apnea, right? That's a very serious issue. The solution that works 100% in addressing sleep apnea is called CPAP. Um, And what that is, it's a device, it's a mask you put on your face and it pushes air into your lungs so it opens up that airway. Now, snoring is, like I said, on kind of a similar spectrum where it's also caused by a floppy, weak upper airway. But rather than collapsing all of the way, snoring just collapses a little bit and causes the tissue vibrations. And so that's what causes that sound. And usually what they see with the sleep centers and the physicians we are working with is basically everyone comes to the sleep clinic because they snore. That's really one of the main reasons everyone comes into the door to talk to a sleep doctor. Um, and then they do a sleep study and then, you know, a big chunk of them are diagnosed with sleep apnea and then they're able to get a CPAP machine. But about 25% of the people who come in are diagnosed as primary snorers. So they don't have sleep apnea. So then they don't have access to an affordable CPAP machine and their other options, you know, are just a lot more limited. And so that's where Soundly comes in as we can help address those people who come in who just have snoring as a problem and are looking for alternatives. And then we hope in the future, we're going to continue to do research uh, and see if we can improve the efficacy and actually help address sleep apnea uh, in the future. There's probably a lot of people who still haven't got a real concept of what Soundly does. Could you tell us a bit more about the actual science behind the, uh, the Soundly approach? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, you know really fascinating. So first is the didgeridoo, um, which is, you know, if you think of Australian uh, originals, they have that sort of traditional instrument. You know, it's a big, long tube. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> What's cool is we actually ultrasounded people's upper airways uh, and actually imaged what was going on. One of the things is we noticed is that you're doing a, a circular breathing technique. So you're really opening up that airway and you're holding it open. Again, the idea is like you're doing a a push-up basically for your upper airway. Um, And then there's research that shows you can do singing techniques. Um, There's playing maybe different, you know, different instruments like woodwind instruments and things can also strengthen and tone um, the upper airway and help reduce snoring. And then there's speech therapist, you know, techniques, uh, which are called myofacial, which is your your face, facial muscles, and oral pharyngeal, which are the muscles kind of down the back of your throat, and your tongue. And so basically, it's doing exercises for your face and your tongue. And those were like a list of about 30 so different little tongue movements, you know, like stick your tongue out, you know, push the tongue against the top of your mouth, smile really big, puff your cheeks out, um, you know, do all these different things. And those, those, studies that had people do that showed that that could reduce snoring. And in some cases, you know, basically eliminate it. 
And what we did, though, is then we studied all these different patterns and we looked at the physiology of what was going on. And then we looked at different uh, vocalizations. And what we found was that if you say the E sound, that brings the base of the tongue up and forward. Can you give us an example? Yeah, so you say E, you say E, 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 like that. Yeah, and that brings the base of the tongue up and forward. And then if you say ah, like you drop your jaw and you say gnaw or saw, um, that brings the base of the tongue all the way down and back. Um, and so by alternating the two, by saying e, ah, e, ah, your base of your tongue is going back and forth, back and forth. And it's um, like doing a push-up for your tongue. And the idea is that you can then do that a whole bunch and that will actually improve the you know the tone of the muscles so reduce kind of the floppiness increase the strength of it as well as improve your coordination your brain to muscle coordination so that your tongue gets out of the way uh when it needs to when you're um when you're asleep i mean it's it's, it's absolutely fascinating and but essentially, when you're making these different sounds, the, the position of the muscles in your in your jaw and your face are changing. And so it's kind of like doing a, um, it's kind of like going to the gym and then like, say, today I'm working on my biceps, today I'm working on my, <laughs> my triceps. So these, right. these uh, therapies are kind of doing that, but for the muscles in the breathing airway. You looked at that, you looked at those therapies, and I think I remember you saying in your talk at Somnex that you had to do something like 600 of these reps yeah and then we we also add a um, an n n sound in there so the two words we use are knee and gnaw like you know your knee and then gnaw um and that that n sound engages the soft palate but you're right so you could do this yourself you can do this in the shower just say knee 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 gnaw 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 knee gnaw knee gnaw knee gnaw and that's your exercises but in order to be therapeutic yeah you have to do yeah, 600 to 800 of these knee gnaws a day, um, you know, and that's just pretty boring. <laughs> so you don't be quite motivated or, 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 yeah. bored or, or just a, a bit weird to kind of want to do that on your own. I mean, I can imagine if you were part of a trial, you might stick to it, but to actually commit to doing that on your own, uh, that's, right. um, that's, that's a big thing. Yeah, we yeah we actually had um, in our study, um, you know, we had people do it for use an app um, that guided them through their knees and nas for, um, you know, 15 minutes a day. And that's where we got, you know, we saw what was effective and that it was about 1800 knees and nas. Wow. So, I mean, I, I love the journey that you've taken through Soundly. Mm -hmm. So you've identified a problem. You've identified mm -hmm. a solution to the problem, but the solution isn't something that people are naturally going to want to do. So you thought, right, how can we coerce people? How can we make people want to cure their snoring, but not right. make it like going to the gym and doing exactly. 1500 yeah. bench presses? So you turned it into you turned it into game. You 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 gamified it. And one of your many talents is as a as an app designer and a, a developer. So you gamified the whole therapeutic process. So can you explain that process for us? Yeah. So the game is um, uh, so one. It's a it's a voice controlled game. So you say uh, it's it's inspired by uh, Space Invaders. So what you say, you say, nee, 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 and that moves a little character um, to the right across your screen, and that little character shoots, 
uh, at enemies that are coming down from the top. And your goal is to keep the enemies from reaching the bottom. So you say, nee, 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 to move to the to the right. And they say, nah, 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 to move it to the left. And you have all these enemies coming down at you. And so you're saying, nee, nah, nee, nah, nee, 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 nah, 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 nee, you know, to, <laughs> to shoot these things um, as a way of, you know, getting you engaged and kind of forgetting that you're doing a therapy. And yeah, just to make it a little more fun and, and accessible. And then we also have another component, which is your little character. He's like a little Pokemon uh, type character where as you play, uh, your airway gets you know stronger and your character gets stronger. So he evolves. He gets bigger and stronger and more interesting. And you unlock new characters and new worlds. And if you do your therapy every day, you know each day you should unlock uh, a new character. Uh, and then that way you can see your progress because you can't really see the inside of your throat, you know, um, and it gives you a little more, you know, feedback. And then if you miss a therapy day, um, your airway gets weaker and so does your character. So you actually start to lose points and progress. Um, so again, it's like a, a way to represent what's going on inside your body, but it's fun. It's engaging and, you know, something that people can actually be engaged with. I'm hoping to get some uh, some screenshots or uh, maybe some you know some video clips because you kind of have to see the app. It's, it's yeah. hard to it's hard to describe in words. <laughs> yeah, and it's 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 the reason I wanted to get you on a call because I think people need to know that this like a lot of sleep technology. A lot of people don't know that you know these kind of things exist, and you you have to kind of see soundly to uh, you know to 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 see the potential. Right, ah, oh, right, I get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you've published a paper with the app. Was that was that with the finished app or was that with a beta version of it? But the, the test came back quite positive. Yeah, it was um, definitely a beta. Uh, we, uh, um, the, uh, the participants were very um, kind in, you know, working through the, the app version that we did have. Um, but yeah, it was, we got a lot of data from that. And, you know, it was really interesting uh, from a scientific perspective is it's a physical therapy. And just like the other, uh, any other physical therapy that you do, whether it's for, you know, know, a bum leg or something like that, um, it doesn't work for everybody exactly the same way. So some people it works really well for, and you basically reduce snoring entirely. And that's also what the other literature shows in terms of the myofascial and oral pharyngeal exercises. Some people have like great, great response to it. Um, you know, and then there's kind of the middle chunk of people who have about a 30% reduction in quantitative snoring. Um, but what's interesting in that is the quantitative measurement of snoring doesn't matter as much as what your bed partner perceives. Yeah, just a small reduction makes a, a big mm. difference. To- but then, and conversely, for some bed partners, for instance, uh, we had like an example as a patient who comes into the sleep clinic and she's like, my husband snores the worst. I can't sleep. And this, you know, all the sleep physicians, they get all the equipment hooked up and they're listening. They don't hear anything. And, uh, and she, and they, so they bring her in they're like, so can you point to us, you know, what you're hearing? And she's like that, that, don't you hear that? Um, and it was the guy, the guy was breathing, <laughs> so, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't snoring at all. So it's, so snoring and again, kind of the social issue around snoring, um, is highly subjective. Um, which, you know, also presents kind of an interesting challenge for us. Um, but it's, uh, you know, like I said, with just reducing snoring, we've gotten a lot of responses from people where it's, you know, it's been beneficial to them, hugely beneficial, even if it doesn't, um, you know, cure it 100%. You know? 
Yeah, well, I, I imagine it's going to be attractive to people who don't want to stick a clip on their nose or wrap a, a strap around their head. You know, people are always looking for things that are less invasive and treatments like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's the sort of time frame then if you use Soundly? What do you recommend for people who use it for X amount of days or weeks until they start seeing results? Yeah, we recommend um, two to six weeks. You know, again, just like any other physical therapy, typically two to six weeks to really to really see the improvement. Um, and then afterwards, you do a like a maintenance period, kind of keep at it, you know, but you don't have to do it as often or as intensely. You know, we do have people who, who report within the first week um, reductions. And, you know, just like when you work out, you know, your muscles kind of tighten up. <laughs> and so in the in the first couple of days or first week, you know, if people notice some reductions just from the kind of initial tightening. And then, you know, you do want to spend the next two to six weeks making that um, kind of more permanent. And I guess in terms of general lifestyle as well, snoring, you say the, the prevalence is higher on people in their 50s. So other there's other things you can do alongside soundly diet and, and lifestyle and exercise. And I guess this all kind of ties right. into yeah. general general awareness as well. General health, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the biggest one is losing some weight because you have that, you know, again, it's a floppy airway. So if you have extra weight, extra pressure, that will cause your airway to collapse more easily um, and vibrate more. And, um, and then alcohol, right, sedatives, um, anything that makes you your muscles relax more. Um, so alcohol is the next big one. Um, and then smoking, which is, you know, again, kind of causes inflammation, which causes swelling, you know, increasing the, the tissue floppiness there. Um, and so those are kind of the three big ones. If you kind of lifestyle change those, you can make a big difference. And then if you add soundly into that, um, you can have a really holistic approach to reducing snoring. And then you can also use it as um, a co-therapy so the most prescribed thing to reduce snoring are mandible devices. So these mouth guards that pull your jaw forward, not super comfortable, but um, they work. Um, they also are not a hundred percent effective, but they can reduce it quite a bit. Um, so again, if you pair that with soundly, we, uh, we think you can get better results. That's awesome, Brian. Thanks so much for explaining how the app works. Before you go, I just wanted to pick your brains a little bit about the general subject of sleep science and how that tallies into this boom we're seeing at the moment in consumer sleep technology and there's kind of a an intersection point for some of these devices where they are more medical sleep interventions as opposed to lifestyle products and I just wanted to get your general feelings and opinions on how you kind of see things like you're doing with with Soundly now and um, how that might dovetail into the future of how we treat sleep problems as a whole. It's a big question. So, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, that's that's great. That's a great question. Um, the so I, I'm I think sleep is really interesting because it's really at the forefront of um, personalized medicine. You know, that's something we've been talking about a lot. But like, what does that actually mean? And um, and quantified medicine, evidence based medicine. Um, and then it's also just like a new frontier. Um, there really hasn't been a ton of research or products around around sleep um, until recently, but it's a third of your life. And then there's just more and more research coming out showing that how important sleep is to your overall mental health and physical health 
and just you know general well-being. So what's interesting is um, in terms of you know the evidence-based medicine side of things is that we're getting all of this data from how people sleep. There's tons of sleep tracking devices out there, and they've been improving a ton in their the quality of the data. So we're getting more and more data that's higher and higher quality. And sleep is unique because you get eight hours, or presumably, of uh, data starting to be able to get things like, you know, your not just your movement in your sleep, but your position, your heart rate, your breathing, where we got machine learning algorithms to determine what type of snoring you have or what type of breathing patterns you have. Uh, we can track your when you go to bed and when you wake up. Uh, you can time that. You can track how much light exposure you have in the time leading up to when you go to sleep. So we just have right now, there's tons of data being collected and it's not really well pulled together, but there's a lot of companies and researchers who are trying to figure out how do we take this pile of data and then identify your problem specifically, and then pair that with a solution that works best for you. And I think a great contrast is like how we treat sleep apnea, right? Right now, if you have sleep apnea, you go to a doctor, you get diagnosed. That's a one-time visit. You get diagnosed with sleep apnea. They give you a machine because the problem is, is that you're not getting enough air. And then they just pump that air down into your lungs. And it's 100% effective if you do it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, there's a whole big problem with non-compliance with sleep apnea. Because if, if oh. anyone doesn't know, you know, some people describe it maybe a bit unfairly. It's the Darth Vader sort of treatment. So you you wear a big mask on your face or with a, a tube mm -hmm. connected to a machine. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's like 50% non-compliance by six months. So that means we have a, a solution that works 100% of the time if you use it. <laughs> but it only works... It's 100% of the time, 50% of the time, right? Um, and so what do you do with the other 50% of people? Um, and that's where, you know, Soundly comes in and, and these other, um, you know, again, we're not, uh, you know, approved for sleep apnea, but, you know, you have mandible devices, you have these other things, and we hope that Soundly is, you know, an example in the future would be a, a therapy or something you could be prescribed or recommended for, for that. Yeah, I think the future is really interesting. And, you know, I, I have friends who, who have sleep apnea and they do the CPAP thing because that's the only option they've got. If they don't do it, they don't sleep. But I know if there was something out there which was a, an alternative, they would do, jump on it straight away. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, Brian, give us the, um, the price model and how people get hold of Soundly. Uh, so, yeah, so you can go to Soundly app dot com or you can go to the apple app store and type in soundly snoring and we'll be one of the first ones that pop up with that and yeah it's it's free to download you can try it out see if it works if it starts to work for you um, you get like the first day or so um for free and then it's a subscription model um after that 20 to 30 bucks for a whole year are you planning to do an Android? It's just iOS at the moment. Yeah, I know. I know. We're we're trying to get the get out to Android as soon as possible. Great, great. Well, thank you, Brian. Uh, is there anything else you want to add? No, I just wanted to say, you know, thanks for the conversation. Um, it's been really fun to chat with you and and your audience. Um, really hope everyone goes out, tries it, or, or you know, recommends it to people because a lot of it right now is just education. Like you were saying, there's a lot of people who don't know that you can you can do a therapy during the day that's fun and effective to help you sleep better at night.
You've been listening to the Sleep Junkies podcast. My name's Jeff Mann. Don't forget to check out the website, sleepjunkies.com. You can also check us out at Twitter, on Instagram, on our Facebook group, Sleep Junkies Worldwide. Don't forget to subscribe. We hope you enjoyed this episode. See you next time.